Groobs, I thought we might want to open this week's episode with a quick thank you to all our listeners who not only listen to our podcast, but give us a lot of compliments, especially when it comes to things like our title, and seem to appreciate very much our sense of humour. But I understand you have a funny story to tell when it comes to the titles we choose each week. Yes, that's true. We do get a lot of compliments for our punny titles. And in case our listeners are not up to date, our last episode, number three, for instance, was titled, Will Our Friend Ship Sink or Swim? Ha ha ha. And actually, there's a funny story that I can relate to you on this subject, which is that my father texted me saying, Ali, I haven't listened to your episode yet, but I did see and loved the title. You may not look anything like your pa, lucky you, but your knack for titles and puns is all me. And even though I only intended to tell Yasmin this as a funny little anecdote, it actually got us thinking about whether puns are in fact inherited from your parents. But you'll be happy to know the story does not end there, because it is in fact Yasmin my good friend here, who makes the puns, which I'm sure cause you all to weep with laughter and shed many a tear. So when I responded to my father saying that while what he said was amusing, it was in fact Yasmin who makes the puns, my, my father replied saying, yes, but she's learnt how to do it from you. Uh, which is very flattering, but uh, I think he was joking. But it did get Yasmin and I thinking about the other side of the argument. To what extent is someone's knack for making puns a product of the people they spend time with and environmental factors? And of course, this is a very first world problem. The matter of pun making is a very serious issue. But uh, nevertheless, it definitely got us thinking. Yeah, it really did. And it brings us to the age old debate of nature versus nurture, which one is more important in one in shaping who you are, and coincidentally is what this week's mildly scandalous episode is going to be all about. So I guess we might just jump into the biggest question of how much does things like your genetics, so the nature side of you, versus your surroundings, so the more nurture side, affect who you are as a person, your personality, if you would. What do you think, groups? Yes, I think this topic of to what extent your surroundings have influence in what makes your personality who you are has a lot of uh, food for thought, as it were. And I often think about what I would be like if my parents had never moved to London. And yes, you heard me correctly. I was not actually born in London, despite my quite British accent. I was born in America in quite a small, idyllic, almost fairy-like town. You know, we had our local YMCA, our Saturday swimming class for the young toddlers in the neighbourhood. It was a very child-friendly place. And there was only one high school, so you'd probably know or at least recognise most of the young people you'd see walking down the street. And I often reflect about whether I would be the same person as I am now if I had remained in that safe, quite sheltered town as opposed to moving to a large cosmopolitan city like London. 
And I was talking about this a while ago with my family. And something my mother said really stuck with me. And that is, uh, no, Ali, you'd be a totally different person. You'd be like one of those simple high school girls you see on TV, probably spending most of your time as a couch potato sitting watching Netflix all day. And I don't think you'd have the same range of interests, but rather you'd be quite a boring person altogether. I'm paraphrasing, but she said something along those lines. And the reason that stuck with me so much is actually because I strongly disagree with her. I think one's surroundings only play so much of a role in determining one's personality. In my opinion, I would be a very similar person to how I am now, having gr- even having grown up in a very different environment. Um, I mean, I, at least I'd like to think that I would have the same curiosity for life, the same enjoyment of walking around and exploring different neighbourhoods and, you know, perhaps perhaps even the same unfiltered humour. Uh, I, don't, I don't think that I inherited those qualities from where I lived. I think they're a part of me. I suppose what I'm getting at is that, in my eyes, a lot of one's personality stems from the way you are innately as a person. I actually disagree. I think your situation is far too hypothetical to even try and start to get a grip of what you would be like. But as someone who has, I think, quite recently or like has lived in different places for extended periods of times and sometimes thinks to myself, what would have happened if I'd lived there for longer? I definitely think I'd be a different person. Like, even the person I was when I lived in Japan and I lived in Hong Kong are completely different to the person I am today living in England. Like, it's not just the different countries themselves which can prove to have such different cultures and atmosphere, but the people in them are completely different as well, and you can't help that, right? And I'll touch on more on this later, but I also think you might think that you would stay the same, and I guess one reason why you might think that isn't just because it's in your nature, but rather it's in your nurture side, because wherever you live, your parents are still going to be your parents. So in the way they raise you, it'll be the same. So whereas you might think it's just something innate in you, like your curiosity, it really could just be like your parents encouraging you to do more research and read a lot. And your parents aren't going to change whether you live in England or Japan or America or wherever, you know? Actually, you said something off the bat there, Yasmin, which I found quite interesting. You said the word parents, and I think we should talk more about parents and their influence on one's personality. It's definitely an interesting path to explore. Earlier, I was talking about surroundings in terms of where someone lives, etc. And I didn't think this factor had a particularly large role in affecting one's personality. However, I do think that one's parents have a lot of influence on one's personality. And I've been considering this a lot since about two weeks ago, when my acting teacher commented that teens don't realise until they're older how much, in his opinion, everything about everyone has to do with their parents, or has some roots or some foundations in how your parents raised you. And I would say, after thinking about it a lot, that I do agree with him. I can, I can give an example. Um, my parents' constant nudges for me to read 
have resulted in me holding almost a kind of reverence, a very great respect for people who read a lot. And that doesn't mean that I read a lot. I don't necessarily read as much as I should, although I am working on it. Um, But my parents have instilled in me, since I can remember, this idea that in order to be a successful person, you must read. Or rather, everything will come to you in life if you read. You know, if you ask my parents how to get into uni, they won't say study, they won't say do all these clubs. Without even hesitating, they would say, by reading. And this has definitely rubbed off a lot on me. I can't change the fact that if I find out someone reads a lot, I instinctively respect them more, whether I intend to or not. And I think this is an example of how much one's parents can influence their children's value systems and what their children think is important in life. Actually, I just thought of another example of how parents can influence their children in ways their children aren't even aware of. And this links back to our introduction and the idea of humour. For instance, if someone repeats the same opinion over and over again, such as, um, I really don't like feta cheese, I just really, really hate feta cheese with a passion, and they continue repeating that over and over, If my father were in the room, he would say, I'm sorry, could you clarify that? I'm not quite clear about about whether you do or do not like feta cheese. You haven't quite made your point sufficiently enough. And it's a joke because he's making fun of you for having said the same thing so many times. And I too have found myself subconsciously, without even noticing, adopting the same joke with my friends. So that's another argument in favour of nurture. I would argue that when it comes to jokes, in answer to the question we posed at the beginning of the episode, even one's humour is largely subconsciously picked up from their parents. But Yasmin, I'm curious to know what you think. To what extent do you think parents influence their children? I think your broad point makes a lot of sense, but when it comes to uh, the sense of humour thing, I actually have had the opposite experience. I was... I had a very sarcastic sense of humour, and I still do. But that doesn't actually come from my parents. In fact, my mother despises sarcasm. She thinks it's very mean, and whenever I'm sarcastic, she always tells me not to be so horrible, and I feel kind of bad. But it's still my sense of humour, and I think I got it from watching one of my favourite TV shows, and my favourite character was this really sarcastic, really funny person, and that's where I got it from. So I, I think there are influences outside of your parents' At least it was for me when it came to my sense of humour. Actually, as you were just speaking, I thought of a contrary point that goes against what I was saying about parents' immense influence on their children. And that point is, let's use my brother and mother as an example. My mother is quite short-tempered, and so is my brother. They're both very easily triggered, as my family will know. And it just occurred to me, If so much about one's personality is a direct consequence of their parents, then why are siblings often so different from one another? They've had the same parents. They've had the same influence in that regard. So if my acting teacher is right and parents really do influence everything, why aren't all... My question would be, why aren't all siblings the same? You know, I don't particularly have a short temper, I don't think. 
I always just thought that my brother inherited that trait from my mother, and I didn't. I suppose there is an argument on the nature side of things here, that even your, even your DNA outperforms your parents' influence on personality, because otherwise, I guess all, all siblings would have almost the same personality traits as each other, which is often not the case. Um, before I get into your main point, I think I just want to reiterate how big your parents' influence actually is, regardless of the whole sibling thing. I mean, there was the whole Bobo doll experiment, which showed that children who were exposed to a role model being aggressive towards this doll was, were exponentially more likely to mimic this aggression, showing how lots of behaviour and traits are very much copied, especially at a young age, from people around you. And in response to the whole, well, wouldn't siblings be the same if parents were that big of an influence? I agree with you in which that parents aren't the only influence, if that makes sense, but I don't think the other influence comes from your DNA. I think it comes from the other people in your life, as well as the fact that the same two people living under the same roof might not have the same reaction to the same experience. For example, one child could find encouragement for reading really like encouraging and try and read more whereas another person might find that oppressive and stifling and in instead push them away from reading even more and I guess we could argue more about whether that difference comes from something within your DNA but I genuinely think that even those differences probably come from someone else or somewhere else. Right. I think it's time we talk about something which only few of you have. Haha, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm sure many of you have it. And that is intelligence. Yasmin, I'm interested to know whether you think that intelligence is something that is inherited or whether it's gained through nurture. But before you answer, I wanted to talk a little more about the very vague, broad meaning behind the word intelligence. Because in reality, there are so many different types of intelligence. You know, you could be the world's greatest mathematical genius, but have absolutely zero emotional intelligence. Equally, you could be the most creative person when it comes to creative writing, but be utterly useless when it, com when it comes to solving sine, tan and cosine problems. So one thing that I think we should explore is not only the importance of nature and nurture in determining one's intelligence, but also how important they are in determining in what way one is intelligent. I think, I think this does go back to what we were talking about earlier in the context of parents. I'd be curious to know whether if one's parents read to them a lot from when they were a baby, whether that would make their child more skilled and intelligent when it comes to communicating effectively with others. Personally, I think this is an example of where nurture plays a massive role in influencing how one is intelligent. If you're read to consistently, I would argue that there is no question that you'd grow up to have a much further reaching imagination and to be an altogether much more verbal person than if you'd grown up in a household where maybe TV dinners were at the heart of the family. And similarly, 
If your parents insist on having daily family dinners and long discussions from a young age, where you're almost encouraged to talk back and have your own unique opinion, I'd argue that when it comes to discussion-based subjects such as history and politics, the way you were raised would probably make you thrive at these subjects. On the other hand, however, (laughs) there's always another hand. I read something interesting uh, on the internet recently titled The Nature of Nurture, which argued that the way you were uh, nurtured was only made possible because of your innate nature. So it gave the example of uh, reading to children, claiming that, according to these psychologists, children that are genetically naturally competent readers will be happy to listen to their parents read them stories and therefore more likely to encourage this interaction. And in this case, the nature is influencing the nurture. So there is an argument, as always, in the nature stock too. I'm definitely a lot more on nurture, the nurture side here, right? Because obviously, I think it makes a lot of sense that whatever interests your parents have, whether that be reading to you or if they're, you know, painters and like to talk about art a lot, I think that would have a lot more influence than you than if you had a, you know, an artistic gene or whatever, which, by the way, I'm not sure, in my opinion, even exists or not. And I think one way you can see this is through identical twins. Like, there are lots of identical twins I know that, yes, they share the some similarities in terms of the normal kind of sibling ones, but a lot of the time they have very different interests and very different outlooks in life. And they're genetically the same because they're identical twins. And yet they can be so different, which I think goes to show the more nurture side, but... I guess you could argue that they have the same parents, they've grown up basically in the same year, they're probably in the same class at school, how are they still so different? And I think this is maybe where it gets a bit beyond nature and nurture and where we can start to think, well, is there something intrinsically within us that is just purely from myself, you know? Like, is there something, other things about me that weren't influenced at all by other people and the things surrounding me? And is that what makes me unique as a person? And I think that gets a lot more philosophical and beyond nature and nurture. Yasmin, last week I was surfing the internet, or rather the web, as the cool people say, and I discovered a web page with a hundred deep philosophical questions. Being the philosophical young girl I am, I clicked on it and came across a question which I think was really thought-provoking and tied in well with this idea of nature vs nurture. It said, if there existed a clone of you, would it also be you? Would it act exactly the same or differently? And also, at what point would the clone not be you? I definitely know what my stance is, but I'm curious to know yours, Yasmin. What do you think? This might be quite expected, but I don't think if there was a clone, they would be the exact same version as you. I mean, if they somehow, even if they somehow had the same memories as you, it doesn't change the fact that they weren't actually there with you to experience what you've experienced they don't have they didn't feel the same feelings they didn't hear and smell and see what you saw it's all just a carbon copy and it's not genuine and even if somehow they did have the were the exact same person as you in theory if this clone was 
they wouldn't be there from the moment they existed because from the moment they exist what they do and what I do can take so many different turns even if they were, we were the same person I mean there are 10 words I could say after this I could say mermaid lamp chair and I'm sure if my clone was saying the same sentence they would have thought of three completely other words I mean we make so many different decisions every day and my life could be minutely different from whether I decided to have toast for breakfast or whether I decide to have you know bagels and from then they would always they would already be a different person and no longer a clone of myself but rather their own being if that makes sense. I very much agree with what you said about how part of what makes someone who they are comes from their unique set of experiences. You know I used to compare myself to people a lot a couple years ago, and I still do to some extent now, but it's taken me a while to realise that comparing yourself to others is utterly pointless, because people, even if they're genetically identical to each other, cannot be compared to one another. Everyone has had their unique combination of hardships, of joys, of arguments with their parents, and moments of victory like winning the swimming gala or getting into the school of your choice etc and I think it makes me feel really warm and fuzzy to discuss the question of what makes you you but the answer that this episode has helped me to come to is that it's not just your genes it's not just your parents upbringing it's not just where you've lived but perhaps more important than any of those things you are the makeup of your experiences and the emotions and the thoughts and the feelings that you have gone through ever since ever since the hospital room where you were born and that's why a clone could never really be you and when you think about people in this way as three-dimensional beings who represent all that they've been through you finally or at least i'm i'm finally starting to realize how complex everyone is, and yet how wonderfully rich in variety our world is. It really makes me appreciate the world we live in. I know we've been talking this entire episode on the kind of assumption that nature and nurture are separate binaries and it's kind of an either or but I think the more I talk about it the more I'm starting to realize that it's actually a lot more interesting when you look at how these two things interact and one way that I can see that they've interacted in my life is in how my appearance has affected my view of myself depending on what environment I'm in so in case you've never seen my face before, despite being half Japanese, I look very much like a vaguely European person. I have fair, fairish skin and I have brown hair and greenish eyes and I don't look very Japanese in the slightest. And this really did affect me when I lived in Japan, not just because like the because I looked so different from everyone else I would obviously just get stared at fine but it even affected other people's treatment of me for example when I went to this Japanese after school club thing the kids there would treat me really badly bully me even they would exclude me from things they would 
purposely put me down and make me feel a lot more stupid than I actually was just because I looked foreign and I was foreign and I don't think this is racism per se but more of a xenophobia thing but it really did make me wish whatever it was that I didn't look like myself I wanted to look more traditionally Japanese I wanted to I just wanted to escape from it all and I thought the best way to do that was if I just looked like a normal, like a normal, whatever that is, Japanese person and I really didn't like the way I looked and was really insecure. But now that I'm back in the UK and I have the privilege of being part of the majority demographic in terms of my looks and not only that but I also live in a lot more of a multicultural city, it's not something I'm self-conscious about anymore, I'm not insecure anymore, I don't feel every day like I want to be looking more Japanese. I, I don't I haven't felt that in a long time. And it's really interesting because it's not like the fact that I look vaguely European has changed because I moved here. But the way I feel about myself and how my environment affected my view of my appearance did. So it's really interesting to see how my appearance, which is the nature side, interacted with the nurture side, which was my surroundings. Yes, I think that's an important point to raise there, Yasmin, about how ultimately, as I'm sure you've all been thinking, while it's interesting to think about whether something is more nature or more nurture, most things are ultimately a combination of the two. And we were discussing earlier as an example of this, mental illnesses. And for instance, if you take depression, we came to the conclusion that when it comes to something like depression, it depends so much on the person and the circumstances involved that there are times when nature and nurture are so incredibly interlinked and intertwined into a complex web that it's impossible to compare them in a two-dimensional sort of way. In the case of depression, I actually researched a little bit more about how genetics can play a role in bringing it about. And this term polygenic inheritance came up, which is a bit of a mouthful, uh, but basically it means that not a single gene in the case of eye colour, but rather many thousands of genes collectively combine to contribute a certain behaviour. And that depression is thought to be influenced by around a thousand genes. And I think this really illustrates how impossible it is to definitively put your finger on whether some things are nature or nurture. Yasmin, Yasmin, you raised a point earlier uh, when we were talking about this, which is that maybe some things like depression are just beyond nature or nurture. Or maybe not beyond it, but there comes a point, I think, when it's just pointless to compare the two because so many factors are involved. Exactly, especially with things that are as complex as like mental health. I think comparing nature and nurture just leads to so much more stigma, right? I mean, you obviously have people who are like, oh, you can't have a mental illness because your life isn't that bad. Like there are people who do a lot worse and they're fine. And it's like, well, no, that's not exactly how mental illness works. On the other hand, it's like, oh, well, like your mother was in, your mother had this mental illness, so you must also have this mental illness. And it's like, well, also not really. So I don't think it's very useful comparing nature and nurture when it comes to these things, because it just leads to more stigma and it's a lot more important, I think, in looking forward and how to treat these mental illnesses 
than to try and find a single point where it started from when we know it's so complex already. All right, Yasmin, that's it for this week's mildly scandalous takes on nature versus nurture. But hang on a second. Nature versus nurture? Bah, humbug. It should be nature and nurture. Because if I've taken away anything from this episode, it's that we shouldn't really be comparing the two, although it is quite fun to compare them. But actually, most things are a combination of the two. And it's interesting to see how they interact to create the human beings that we are today. I mean, when you're discussing what makes us us, we can discuss even larger questions like what does it even mean to be human, you know? There are just so many things that we haven't even been able to touch in this episode, but I completely agree with you in that sometimes focusing on nature and nurture can really take the focus away from what really matters when it comes to ourselves and can kind of make being a person seem quite trivial and quite basic when in reality it's so much more complex, you know? Although, bringing it back to the beginning, as much as I would love to believe that your amazing influence has made me funnier and punnier, if you would, I would like to believe that making puns is just somewhere embedded in me, and one of the only few times where I would believe the nature side of this whole debate. And on the topic of nature, I urge all of you listeners to look outside of your window and admire those green fields and trees rustling in the wind in this sunny London weather. But just before you go out and play in the fields, hold your horses, because this episode is not finished yet. As an ending comment, I wanted to ask you listeners what you think about punctuality. As some of you may know, I'm pretty much always late everywhere I go, as is my father. So I was wondering what you think, listeners. Am I always late because I inherited the late gene in my DNA? Or because I've picked it up from watching my father be late to pick me up from after school clubs all these years? I'll leave it to you to answer. All right, Yasmin, over and out. Thank <laughs> you.